You are locked in to another episode of The Curious Wire. The Curious Wire. With the most curious person in multifamily. We're not trying to sell you anything here. We just want you to learn real things that will help you elevate your career, challenge you to think and be curious. Join us on this journey to challenge the status quo. Let's go. We're back with another episode with a guest, and the way we roll here is the guests introduce themselves, so go ahead. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, Jen Chestnut, 18-year multifamily fan, about 15 years on the owner-operator side, and then the last uh, two to three years I've spent on the supplier side, most recently working with Fetch, and now I'm over at Knock. And What's your title there? A VP of Marketing, so leading all the marketing charges. I live in Denver right now with my husband and two little ones. Awesome. So you started on the operational side and you made the switch to the supplier side. I did. Yep. Are for sure listeners out there who are on the operational side who are thinking of making that same switch. What is your advice to them? Yeah, absolutely. I actually get this question quite a bit. I think it's becoming more common than we realize that, you know, it's it's kind of opened up a different career path for people that are interested in staying in multifamily, but maybe want to learn something else or explore a different learning path there. And there's a lot of different things that you can take on and, and sort of implement that you've already learned in your, your sort of previous career. So, so it's not how, a waste actually, of time. Let's go back a step. How, yeah. did, how did you go from, how did that happen? What was the story yeah. when you switched from operations to supplier? Sure. So for me, I think I was at the place where I had built the same thing over and over with different management groups. So you got it was just sort of replicating. Yeah, I'm bored. I don't want to ever make it sound like there's not, you know, something new with you marketing. You needed a new challenge. But I needed something different. Sorry, we'll be positive. Yeah, yeah, let's be positive. <laughs> so for me, it's always about learning. And I wanted to, you know, stay in the multifamily industry. I did try to leave for a hot second. It wasn't a, a good fit for me. And so I, I said, you know, this is kind of my goal to stay in this industry. So how do I stay in it, but continue to expand? So was it just an open position and you applied for it? I did, you recruited yeah. And- yep. Yeah, absolutely. So my first, when I moved over, my first move, it was just applying for a, a job online. And I think they saw the the value of the experience that I could bring, that they didn't have a lot of people from the multifamily industry. Is that with Fetch? It was with Fetch, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you saw an opening, you were interested in this company, you applied and that's it? Yep. That simple? Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so your first advice is look for companies apply you want to apply for yeah, the job. Yeah. But tell the story, right? Like tell the story of what you bring to the table. I think, you know, sometimes a supplier might not know the value that you can bring and what you, you know, might have gathered from working on the operator side. So I interview everybody for leasing before we hire them. Okay. And I ask this question of, I say to them, if you were in my position, you're the director of leasing and you're hiring leasing, what are you looking for? Almost every time they tell me they're looking for someone with customer service. Mm. And then I replied to that and I asked them, have you ever had a bad experience as a customer with somebody in customer experience? And of course they have. So I said, so that person has, let's say, three years of customer service experience Mm -hmm. and they're not good at it. Mm -hmm. So what does the experience tell you? And then they're kind of stuck like oh yeah that's a good point just because you have the experience in that and i think in our industry there's a lot of folks who are making that switch from operations yeah. to the supplier and they're running around saying oh i have that experience and i'm the expert i question like who says they were really good at that yeah no that, that's a, a, val- a valuable point i would say one of the things i like to focus on is the fact that you know the customer and so for me you know a, a marketing person is really successful if they can put themselves in the customer's shoes and I think what better person to be able to do that than somebody that's actually been in that buying position before. So understanding some of the, you know, the pain points, what's that buying process like? I think those are also kind of just ground. Everyone's going to bring that to the table sort of thing. 
You know, is it a centralized buying experience? Is it a regionally based focused company? Is it fee managed? There's lots of different ways to look at it. And maybe some of the operational mindsets within that as well. So just some things to consider. Yes. And I think understanding, you know, your buying personas and like you said, yep. under, putting yourself in the customer shoes. I do this all the time. It's, it's become fun for me. Yeah. Like I call communities to okay. see how people answer the phone. Oh, and yeah. then I do this as, with an exercise <laughs> with leasing because you get stuck in seeing something from one perspective, mm -hmm. you as the leasing agent in my case. But then when you go on the other side and it's like, oh, what is that other experience? Yeah. It, it can, can make a paradigm shift. It's, it's tapping into that emotional element as well, I think. You know, I think a lot of old school B2B was very like you're selling a product to a business and it's, it's not that, especially in multifamily, right? I mean, we, we all talk about how relationships are so important. There's a lot that you can bring from a B2C approach and apply that to the B2B um, in terms of, you know, what, what, what is going to make somebody feel good and confident about this product? And so I think there's a huge opportunity for us to continue to tap into that as well. Yes. You just said something that is, is very much on my mind, emotion Yes, in terms of, of marketing. So I have this marketing intern and I have him doing all these different projects. And so we have not created videos for our properties as marketing tools. I actually want to use it for... YouTube pre-roll ads. Okay. Yep. So I want to target folks who have shown an interest in apartments.com okay. or another ILS, Zumper, yep. rent.com, right? We're not, nobody, mm -hmm. not sponsored, no specific. <laughs> We're agnostic here. here. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, you know, within a certain area, and then I can make this, we all see YouTube pre-roll ads. Totally. Why not wake one from one of my communities? Mm -hmm. So I started showing them different videos of different properties, and then I had them like assess them and grade them. And they're just showing the property. They're all the same. There's no personality. There's no emotion. Mm -hmm. So we want to start making videos with the staff. Yeah. It's about them. There's a, oh, you're a Knox. So you probably have the data. <laughs> Most leads come from a phone call. Yes. So if everything's online and everybody is in this Amazon world, why are they calling? Mm -hmm. So my theory they want to is talk that, to that person. <laughs> subconsciously, they need to get, they know all the information yeah. they need, but they want to gauge, is this a place that I'm going to be comfortable living? Mm -hmm. And they do that and they get, make that decision based on, their experience with the leasing professional. Mm -hmm. And that's an emotional thing. I think emotions are not in our in our marketing, yeah. even on the supplier side. Yeah, yep. And I think it's, you know, we've, we've kind of gotten into the habit of we're selling a box, but we're not. I mean, that is somebody's lifestyle at the end of the day. And so how do you tap into that? And how do you, how do you also make them see themselves as that that renter or, you know, that buyer? Like, how do you, how do you set up the stage to say, look, you're going to be this person if you do this thing? And I think that's part of it is just understanding what makes those people tick. Yeah. Okay. So now you're a big shot on the supplier side. <laughs> Thank you. What's the advice you give to somebody who wants to grow yeah. on the supplier side? Yeah. So for me, I think it's really easy to become a marketing generalist. So I love to see where somebody's specialized in their craft. I think as, as I build out a team, I'm looking to have more specialists and less generalists because they have that depth of knowledge within a certain channel and then they can help educate and cross train the rest of the team. So I'm always looking for like who, who's actually like, for example, social media. There's nothing worse than having somebody run social media that's just kind of, nah, you know, like I like social, it's fine, but they don't have that passion. I find that when you find somebody that just loves it, they, they, they follow the themes, they've got all the TikToks. Those are the people that are going to take all those new ideas and go ahead and be a self-starter and apply some of the things that they're seeing out in the real world. So your advice to someone who wants to process is, is they should master their craft or they should go narrow and deep versus wide. Well, and it kind of depends. I mean, for me, if you're looking to be more of a manager role, I think then you have to go to that generalist route. There's no way anyone's ever going to learn all the things in marketing, right? It changes every day. So if you're more interested on the people side, you want to manage people, you want to grow there. I think that's where the, the generalist sort of comes in. But if okay. you're looking to become a key member of a team, absolutely from a specialty standpoint. And so that 
person who wants to become a leader, what's your advice for them to build their leadership skills? I think it's really important to never stop learning. And I think it's it's really important that you don't you're not afraid of something you don't know. It's okay to say you don't know. There's nothing wrong with Googling something. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with listening to a podcast about it and then hearing from experts. And so I think, you know, having that humbleness to just say, like, I don't know, but I'm gonna go figure it out, you're gonna have to have some grit. It's not easy. But being able to have that mental toughness and just jumping in and learning, I think that's the right mindset. So you've mentioned now a few times of continuous learning. Yeah. What do you do to continuously learn? Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. So I mentioned I have two little ones. So I'm always looking for ways to to hack life, right? Like, how do I get more things done? So for me, I have done a few different things. Most recently, I have an app that I've started using, and there's a bunch of different ones out there. But this one condenses books, so different types of learning, into like a 7 to 10-minute synopsis. So just kind of the quick hits. And what I love about this app is that it kind of gives me a teaser of what the book's about. You know, everybody's always recommending, you you should read this book. And, you know, if I read all those books, I probably wouldn't get anything else done. So this is a way for me to consume that very quickly. I tend to do it while I'm doing something else, so multitasking. And I love being able to just like do my quick workout in the morning and also listen to a quick book. If I find that that book has a lot of, of depth and something I want to dig into more, I can always go get the book then. But this is like a great way for me just to get a little exposure to like a concept or an idea. It's like a knowledge smorgasbord. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and and every day can be different, right? Like today, do I need to focus on something about leadership? Am I feeling less confident on the leadership side? Or do I want to really dig into what's going on in the B2B SaaS world? There's so many books out there. It's it's nice to not have to commit, you know, weeks of your time to a book. What are some books that had a big impact on you? Uh, you know, most recently I read The 90-Day Plan for Onboarding. I think it's called The 90-Day Plan. I'd have to double check. But that one's been really fundamental. So as I moved over to Knock, one of the things they caution in the book is about not just jumping in. It's about listening. And I think there's this easy, you know, thing you can do where you just jump in and start making changes when you join a new company. And I think it, it really stresses the importance of that that listening and that observation phase to make sure that you've got all the information before you start making decisions. And what is this app called? The one I use is Headway. I know there's a lot of different ones out there. I think Blinkist is another one. So yeah, it's been great. I also love that you can switch on Headway between the audio and the written. So if I'm listening to it, I'm working out. Yep, they have both. So you can, and you don't have to lose your place. And so, you know, maybe I'm I'm working out and I'm listening to it. And then I want to jump in the Uber on the way to the airport. I can finish the book. Okay, good. So we wrap up with random questions. Okay. So what is your favorite purchase in the last year? In the last year? You know, I'm going to say one that seems a little bit weird, but actually most recently I spent a lot of money on plants for my front yard. Okay. I know that's not a typical one. Is that a new hobby for you? It's not a new hobby, but it's one I've sort of let go after I I had kids. I mean, you're you're keeping children alive, so I can't keep plants alive too sort of thing. And my my kids are a little bit older now. And what I found is with the, the stress of the day, I love going out at night and watering those plants. And so there's been this sort of like mindfulness uh, reset at the end of the day that I've been able to tap into there. And so I you, just, it's been really fun. you involve your kids in the process? I do. My daughter likes to help me go out and water That's the awesome. plants. So it's a nice connection at the end of the day as well. What's your go-to choice for breakfast? Breakfast? Oh, I'm a big fan of uh, a bagel with cream cheese, to be honest with you. Yep. Okay. And exercising, you go to a gym or at home? At home, yeah. We've got a whole setup in our garage, so we had a, a pandemic purchase and <laughs> we kept it. Did you jump on the Peloton? I had one before, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, so you started the Peloton train. Yeah, yeah. I was on it way before anybody else. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and something that is on your bucket list. Bucket list? To be honest, I want to continue to travel. I think the last couple of years not being able to travel has been a hardship. Uh, it just, you know, that for me, experience is more important than things. And what's the place things. you want to travel to? 
I would love to do either Spain or maybe Japan. I've got a good friend that lives in Japan that's invited me to come join him and, and see the sites. He doesn't work in multifamily. He does not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks.